0: Hi, all, and welcome to the first UMC podcast. I'm Nikki.
1: And I'm Wayne.
0: We're here to talk to you and with you about spirituality and faith, church and community. Every other week, we are going to be here answering questions, sharing interviews, and just having fun.
1: We're located in Auburn, Indiana, but we have no clue where each and every listener may be joining from. So no matter who you are or where you are, you're welcome here, and we hope you're ready to learn and grow with us.
0: We are so glad you're here. All right, everyone, we are to our favorite whatever section today. And we just wanted to share for a couple minutes about what we are grateful
1: for this week. So Wayne, what are
0: you grateful for?
1: Uh, This week, I think I'm really grateful for just some of the connections that our kids have made. Uh, Particularly, we have one who has been conditioning now with the football team. And so I think he's going to be part of the football team. And it's just nice um, when you're at a new school to see kids making those connections and really starting to like find themselves and get comfortable. And I think overall at our home, despite all of the like transition of new people and faces and (laughs) everything else, everyone is settling in well and, and getting along well and, and growing and thriving. So just super grateful for, for that life. And then of course, grateful that this is, you know, not at the time that you're listening, but at the time (laughs) that we are recording, it is Holy week. And so Easter is coming up quickly. Um, and I'm just excited. I've really just been sitting in Holy Week and all of the days and what they bring. Um, and that's been a real blessing for me. So,
0: yeah, this is definitely been a unique Holy Week um, for well our our church, our staff, because um, we like kind of came into it kind of chill. And mm-hmm. normally it's not chill when it's Holy Week. It's like go time, Christmas and Easter or go time. Um and it's, I mean, it's been different for me too, because my due date is next week um, at the time of recording. So it's like, okay, any day now literally could be baby day, but it also is getting closer to Easter. So it's been this weird tug, like, do I wanna make it to Easter? Yes, but if the baby comes, I'm not gonna be upset. So, um, but I'm glad too, for your your family and your kids, because it's it's cool to see them, um, find their things to do, like find their own things. Cause it can take a while, especially when you're new someplace. Um, so that's good. I'm also grateful for not at this moment, but that warm weather is coming and I think it's going to stay. Uh, I don't know how many of you listening are familiar with Chacos, but they are in my opinion, like the best sandals in the universe. And I've been wearing them since, we had like that weird freak warm day in February. Um, so it's been kind of a rough go, but my toes got really used to being comfortable and some warmer spring air. And today it's like 30 <laughs> below zero, <laughs> <laughs> not entirely that cold, but it was actually snowing earlier. And I was like, what is going on? Um, so yeah, I'm just excited for warm weather and all that, that brings. Cause I think we've talked about this before, but we are all plants and I'm definitely a plant. And I just want to sit outside in the sun and not get frostbit. So, um, that, that is what we're grateful for this week. And, uh, we encourage each and every one of you every day, just stop for a minute, think about one thing you're grateful for, even if it's just that moment to stop and breathe, because that's really important. Um, the world is crazy, but there's always one thing if we dig, dig deep enough that we can, um, give thanks for so um on that little word of encouragement we will get into our the meat of our episode our Wayne and Nikki chat
1: so today we are doing what we're calling a Wayne and Nikki chat which I mean obviously we're always talking on every (laughs) podcast but these are just chats uh between Nikki and I That might address any number of topics, and today we are just wanting to share a little bit more about our own spiritual practices and talk about that because it's just important and sometimes difficult, I think, for all of us as believers as Christians to take the time and and just be and connect with God. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different ways of doing that and I think finding out what works for you can be tricky sometimes. So maybe some of these things will spark some ideas for yourself and also talking a little bit more about connecting and looking at who we are as people and how that ties into our spirituality um using the Enneagram. So if people are familiar with that um or not, we'll give you a little preview about what that is and, and which number we are on the Enneagram. So that's kind of where our, our discussions are gonna go today and give you a little bit more insight into who we are and and how we connect with God spiritually.
0: Mm-hmm Yeah. And like, like Wayne said, when are we not chatting? That's kind of the thing we're chatting here together, but we were trying to think about, you know, we've been interviewing some folks and asking them, asking them this question. What are their practices and disciplines and things? And, um, to (laughs) disciplines are tricky in, in a sense because they change throughout your life. Like, yes, there are the core ones we think of when we think of church, um, going to worship, reading your Bible prayer, Um, giving of your time or your gifts, um, your resources, but we're all individual people. And so knowing about ourselves, having self-awareness and um, understanding our strengths and weaknesses, that plays into it also. And that's why we thought the Enneagram would be, or talking about the Enneagram would be helpful today because that's one of the ways that we've both gotten to know ourselves really well. Um, So Wayne, what's one of the disciplines that you really
1: enjoy Um, probably the thing for me that I connect the most with is just, I do, I like doing like kind of a meditative or prayer walk with music, Mm -hmm. um, just because music is so important. It's probably the primary way that I feel like I, I sit in the presence of God. And so whether I'm praying or just kind of trying to make space to allow God to speak, if there's music there, um, that's really important for me, so mm-hmm. that is one of one of the ones that I that I do pretty frequently, um, and that I feel like really works for me as far as feeling and connecting to the presence of God.
0: Are there, I um, like specific apps or anything that you use that help you with that practice?
1: Um, not really. I usually just have like I make a playlist, so I oh, kind of yeah. have a playlist of songs because. Obviously like if I'm well, maybe not everyone's different, but for me I don't want like a really jazzy peppy song when I'm trying to like <laughs> right. meditate and like yeah. pray. And so I pick the more, you know, kind of deeper um songs, the slow songs, um, that kind of fit the mood, I guess. And so I just make a playlist and you know, we're spoiled here at our church. We have a, mm-hmm. a, a labyrinth in the church that we can walk and I, I like doing that. Um but even walking outside is great when the weather is nice enough to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, which it's not today, but.
0: Well, even the other day it was like sixty some degrees. i actually I think it was almost seventy, and we went on a walk during kind of the. Um, the down part of the afternoon, you're like, you hit two o'clock and you're ready for a nap. So we went on a walk and as we came around one side of the building, it was like walking into a hurricane. It's like all of a sudden we couldn't hear each other and it was so loud. I'm like, what is happening? And then you turn the corner, nothing. But anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you also, Wayne has shared before that he um, is a great singer and loves to connect with God through worship. And he leads, um, he is in the choir here at church and we'll, will solo a lot. And so there've been times that you've even recorded music in the prayer labyrinth from your prayer time and shared that with us. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I didn't realize how similar our first one was because I also have meditation down as, uh, my first practice, but, um, that's been one that has taken me many years to get to, um, I don't know how many of you experience like life like this, but it doesn't seem sometimes like five minutes of stillness is possible. Um, And my childhood and even like adolescence, young adulthood, like it was just really busy and full. So trying to carve out space for anything God related was really challenging. Um, And I thought meditation was just like a thing that happened when you like lived in a cave and that's what you did like you did nothing else you were just meditating in the cave um and then I learned a lot more about meditation as I as I grew um but one of the one of the apps I love for meditation and you don't need an app I just like I found it incredibly helpful is Headspace um I think I stumbled upon them or upon this app like five years ago when I was in seminary. And we were all trying to find free resources to help us chill out before finals uh, when we were first years in seminary. And Headspace had like 10 free sessions. And so I did those. And um, like, it was really helpful for me getting started because I didn't know how to sit still um, and just listen and be quiet. Uh, Maybe you can tell, but I'm kind of a talkative um, movie person. I I don't know. Like, I don't know what adjective goes there, but I'm always on the go. And so, um, something guided that was like prompting me like, okay, like now do like a self check. Like how does your head feel? How do your shoulders feel? How do your feet feel? Um, focus on your breathing. That was really, um, key. And now I'm to the point like five, six years later, I can do I can just, like, stop and be in a quiet room and meditate on my own. But I still love Headspace because they have um, meditations for all different kinds of things, um, guided and unguided and focused and unfocused. So it's, um, it's provided a lot of space in my life that doesn't always feel so spacious to let God just be with me and to let myself just be with God. So um, it's not just for people who want to live in caves
1: it is not although i think that is because like for the longest time and even i think most people today because i don't know how it's portrayed in you know movies or whatever like you have to be like a you know a monk somewhere meditating and or it's about clearing your mind and Mm -hmm. everyone's like i can't clear my mind but that's not what meditation is right i mean Mm -hmm. i had like you said i was learned that like Meditation is more about just being present in the moment and, like, recognizing what's happening in your body, in yourself, without letting your mind, like, wander to what's the next thing I'm going to do or what's Mm -hmm. in the past. You're just there in the present and sitting in that. It's not like you have to not think about anything Mm -hmm. and empty your mind of all thought. Um, And so I think once people get a better idea of, of what meditation is supposed to be, I think it's it's more accessible, more doable, uh, than people people think it is.
0: Right, and it, it like it can mean different things and be different mm-hmm. things to different people. I mean, even like you have yep. music with yours. Like I, I really do crave that absolute silence. I love uh, meditating in the morning as like the light is coming up and changing because there's something about like that darkness and then like opening my eyes and seeing blue sky, hopefully, um, that is just really like it's, it helps me get grounded and centered. Um, and that's kind of a good segue to the Enneagram because, um, this practice is really important to me because of the, the way I present on the Enneagram. Um, I am always in my head. And so like my type is very, um, very intellectual and yeah, intellectual in the sense, like I'm in my head, I'm always thinking gears, are always turning. So, for me, meditation is not about emptying my brain. It's realizing there's a lot going on in there and it's okay. It's about not judging how busy my mind is and remembering um, that there's stillness and there's blue sky even if things feel cloudy all around me. Um, and so I guess for like a, a quick jump into the Enneagram, um, it is a personality, Type thing <laughs> I don't want to say it's like the Myers-Briggs But it is a personality um, System And it's it's actually based In Christian mysticism But the actual roots of it are a mystery Like we don't know exactly Where it all came from There have been lots of different Teachers um, and schools of thought With it throughout throughout Time and it's, it's kind of Recently been Uncovered, like maybe since like the, the sixties. Um, and really like, uh, for the millennials listening, it's kind of like a, a stereotype thing. Like, Oh yeah, millenni- millennials all know their Enneagram type and all that. Um, but, uh, I've known about it for, I guess about six or seven years. Um, didn't really dive in too deeply until the last, for probably, but it's a way of knowing yourself, um, and your basic fear. And, um, well, and, and like, there's, well, here's another tricky part, I guess. There's, there's lots of different resources and books out there and they all kind of call it a different thing. The word that's coming to mind is virtue, but I'm not sure if that's the one, like we have our basic fear and then like our, our virtue and our strength that, um, that knowing yourself is supposed to help you move towards. Um, so yeah. And unlike, unlike the Myers-Briggs or gosh, I guess I don't know a lot of personality type things, but, um, I have found it to not be so restrictive. Like it's not like, okay, I'm a six and I can only ever be these like two things. Um, I'm not either an introvert or an extrovert. I'm both. Um, so I, I like to think of the Enneagram as like the color wheel and there's so many different shades of blue. So I might be this kind of blue, but somebody else is lighter or darker or whatever like
1: and we're both still blue. Um well, and it's just so complex. I mean, I think a lot of personality types are feel kind of boxy, but the Enneagram yeah. is like it's a circle with the nine different types, but there's so many different ways that those play in because they talk about like your wing which is kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, which of the numbers that you're closest to in, in basically the Enneagram circle, which one you lean into, and then you have things that you are drawn to when you're more healthy and unhealthy. So really, even though you might identify as like, for instance, I'm a nine, you're going to have several other numbers and those traits that are part of you, just depending on where you're at, so it really becomes very complex, and it's not just as simple as putting you in a box. And it really does recognize that, yeah, there's times and moments when we draw on um, all of these different traits, and, and we see ourselves reflected in a lot of different ways, depending on where we're at, um, emotionally and and how healthy or unhealthy we are. Um, So I think that's one of the things that I really, really like about it. It's like you said, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it's so prescriptive. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And and the point isn't that like, okay, here you are, you're this thing and that's all you're going to be like, the goal of the Enneagram is to help you know yourself so you can grow. Um, And the, the basic premise, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychology expert, but our personality is not the end all of who we are. Our personalities are the masks that we put on, the coping mechanisms, the defense mechanisms um, that we have kind of built around ourselves as life has happened to us. Um, So the Enneagram helps us to identify kind of what mask we're wearing and to uh, understand it and grow through it and with it and not pass not like we're leaving it behind, but recognizing the pieces of it that are helpful and the ones that aren't so helpful. And like Wayne said, I probably should have started here. The Enneagram is, it's a circle. So if you like Google it and see a picture of it, you're gonna see a circle with um, nine numbers around it and there's shapes on the inside. Um, Honest to goodness, I'm not, I am not an expert. So I don't remember what those shapes are, (laughs) but like, or what what they, they mean inside of the Enneagram, but we're all connected. So we may present as a certain type or a certain number, but we have all of these things in us. Um, so that's another way it's not so limiting, but, but freeing. Um, and it's funny to me also, like I'm a six, Wayne's a nine, we're on the same triad. So when I'm growing and transforming in my life, I kind of look like a nine. I look like Wayne. Uh, my husband's also a nine, Um, my impression of nines is they're like super chill, super balanced, like very collected. They're very, um, compassionate. They're great listeners. Uh, and then my vision of myself as a six is like, well, I'm kind of those things, (laughs) but not really. Um, so it's, it's neat because it, it also shows us like what we who and what we can be not that we're trying to not be ourselves or not be our number or whatever, but, um, there's, there's room to grow and explore. So, yeah, I guess that's a good, or an explanation. I won't say it's good. (laughs) (laughs) What brought you to the Enneagram?
1: Honestly, in kind of our, our social circle at, uh, our previous church that we were going to, um there were just some of our friends were into it and brought it up and then we looked into it actually we went on a trip all together all of us to like in southern indiana and got a cabin and all of that and kind of got introduced to it there and started reading the book and as i read like took the test right mm-hmm. and figured out what I was as a nine and started reading about that. And I was like, Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Like it just resonated like so much truth about who I was on a, on a deep level, like even like the insecurities and, and things like that. And so that's when I really started to, to dig into it more to help me understand, you know, hopefully more about myself and, um, but then also looking at, you know, like Jordan is an eight, he's a challenger. And so being able to know who the significant people are in your life, whether it's coworkers, friends, whatever, and just helping kind of understand by reading their numbers to um, a little bit more about how to interact with them or kind of what that looks like. And again, not that you're putting people in a box, but hopefully just to give you some some insight into into how you can better relate with with people, based mm-hmm. off of what you know about about those numbers.
0: Right, um, I don't think we said nines, I guess the most common uh, descriptor for nines is they're the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, sixes are the loyalists. Um, those names don't really mean a ton, but they're kind of helpful for learning how to navigate it. Um, Yeah, that's funny because that's kind of how my friends and I, how we, um, fell into the Enneagram. We used to listen to a different podcast and they brought up what they called the big blue book. And the blue book is actually called the wisdom of the Enneagram. It's by, um, Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. Um, and we, my husband and I came home from North Carolina to Indiana one time and, um, my best friend is like, hey, here's this book I want us to read. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So she opened it up and we read through, um, in this book, they call them the health levels of of the types. So we read through from one to nine, the health levels of these types. And when I got to six and I was reading like, here's what, um, oh, how do they describe it? Like, yeah, here, here's a healthy six. Here's what an average six looks like. Here's what an unhealthy six looks like. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> Ouch. Because, like, t- to some degree, like I said, we have all of these in us so we can, you know, relate and connect to all of them. But, like, um, I'm kind of glad this was the way we tested ourselves instead of taking, like, a quick, like, answer these 10 questions and and find out what you are. Because those can be accurate and, and they can't be. Um, but reading through that, I was like, okay, yeah, this I can be like this when I'm at my my lowest. Um And that's what helped me to realize um, one of the things about sixes is uh, they say that they're like worst case scenario thinkers. So (laughs) we're really great in a crisis situation because we have all of our go bags packed or we can think of how to troubleshoot this, that, and the other. But the downside of that is you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like if I'm too happy, like hang on. There's something, there's something else that's going to happen here. Um, So it's really hard to chill. Like it's super hard to chill. Maybe just for me (laughs) as a six, my husband tells me that all the time. I just don't know how to relax. And I'm like, you know, I probably really don't because I don't relax, (laughs) which is why back to disciplines, meditation has been so important because it reminds me that even if everything does come crashing down, like I'm still here. Mm -hmm. So, and there's, there's something going on around me. So it's really easy uh, for me to get disconnected from even what my body is feeling. Like I have to stop and think, Oh, how, how do my muscles feel? Like, are my shoulders tight? Is my jaw clenched? Um, And that's probably true for a lot of us. We forget to, check in with ourselves and um, we get lost in our heads or our emotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so meditation brings me back to, yeah, here's some very basic human things. Um, do you know how you feel? <laughs> What's your experience of that as a nine, Wayne? Like, do you get lost in your head or do you just yeah. check out entirely?
1: Um, I mean, it certainly depends. I think, like, with nines, our thing is often that we will... We're good at avoiding <laughs> and shoving things under the rug and numbing ourselves to, like, the reality of what's happening around us um, because we just want peace. So, I mean, I... Can, can definitely do that in the case of if something is overwhelming or if it seems too just too big mm-hmm. then I just pretend like it doesn't exist <laughs> like I just won't address it and it's true like in and even little things I think if there's like if, if you ever have that room in your house or like if you're in the Midwest, right? We have these like junk drawers, right? Where you just throw drawers (laughs) (laughs) you throw things in the drawer, batteries, who knows, whatever else. Mm -hmm. But if you were to like go and try and organize that space, it would be so overwhelming. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. So I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So, but if it gets started, then I feel less overwhelmed by it. And then I can engage with it. So for me, a lot of times... Um, if something just seems too big or if it's too much of a commitment, um, there's too much pressure on getting it started, then I just disengage from whatever that is, um, Mm -hmm. until I feel like it can be broken down into something more manageable. Um, so I think that definitely, um, reflects as far as like my spiritual practices and how that works out ironically, like bible reading plans like read the whole bible right like that's Mm -hmm. like that is a lot (laughs) like it's a big commitment even if you're breaking it down into smaller chunks so
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um bible reading for me i've just had to learn how to make it different and and just kind of you know maybe i pick a certain section but i i'm not interested in reading the bible from the beginning all the way through to the end um so I think sometimes just knowing ourselves helps us figure out how to do things and make it work for us. Cause there isn't necessarily like a right or wrong way of doing a lot mm-hmm. of these things. It's just whatever works for you and kind right. of making it your own.
0: Yeah. That's a really great illustration of the Bible reading plans. Cause um, Aaron, I shared he's also a nine and he has tried um, online different apps that like read the bible in a year thing and he'll get behind by like one or two days not a big deal he can catch up but then he'll get so behind and feel so bad about being behind it's just too big of a thing to try and tackle and then you're just reading it to read it like to say you did it Mm -hmm. um and so it's not like it's not the same thing so those are very frustrating and (laughs) sometimes when he's like i'm gonna try this again i'm like maybe you shouldn't remember last time it didn't go (laughs) go so well um I mean, those, and those are just daunting in general. Um, and I think that's another, um, that's another cool thing about knowing, knowing yourself and knowing what works for you and knowing others. Because when we know ourselves, it helps us to be curious about others and help them know themselves too. So, um, like Aaron's the same way. He'll, he wants everybody to be happy Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad, that is not a bad, um, want it all I want everyone to feel safe and so how that manifests for us is I do a lot um and Aaron well yeah I mean I I just I stay busy and like I want like here's a blanket on this part of the couch and here's a blanket on this part of the couch like you walk into our home and it's like I want it to be as cozy as possible so you feel safe and secure and for Aaron he wants that too so you feel comfortable and relaxed and at peace um it makes it really difficult to fight <laughs> because I'm like, let's do this, and he's like, let's not do this. <laughs> um, you've probably already guessed I'm the talker and and he's the listener. But knowing that about each other, it helps us to slow down and kind of pull the other one out. Um, when I know Aaron's overwhelmed, I can help him tackle. Here's here's the first piece, here's the second piece, here's the third, because I'm really good at that. That's how my brain works. Um, And on the flip side, Erin reminds me that if all these little pieces don't go exactly as you thought they would, the whole thing's still gonna be okay. Um, So it's a really good, like for us, it's a really good balance because otherwise I'd probably explode and Erin would never move. So um, it's been super helpful. Not only for my spiritual life, but for relationships, for my professional um, life or work as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing yourself is incredibly important because it's really easy to get lost and swept away in whatever we're doing. Whether it's pastoring or and anything that's helping people, it's really easy to get lost in, in the flow. So, And you have experience with that, like outside of the church too
1: yeah yes uh, yeah absolutely i mean it is easy just to to get lost and, and growing and knowing yourself and actually it even ties in i mean for those of you who are listening our next series is emotionally healthy mm-hmm. spirituality and, mm-hmm. and part of the importance in that is just recognizing the like Again, when you're in a relationship with God, there's two people there, right? It's you and God. And yeah, you need to know God, and that's in part what spiritual practices are for. Yeah. But you need to know you and you gotta figure yourself out and have those insights. And like Nikki said, it's really important in how we can relate and understand other people too. And I think we've definitely seen that in, you know, my relationship too with Jordan challenger and a peacekeeper seem like (laughs) how does that work right one seems like they would constantly create conflict and the other one seems like (laughs) they're constantly avoiding it Mm -hmm. but when both people can be relatively healthy um they can really complement each other very well um and kind of play off of each other where one kind of has a weakness the other one kind of shines like Nikki was saying Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a a neat thing to to see
0: yeah it's just and maybe we're just nerds who really enjoy self-awareness and (laughs) all that but it's um, it is a worthy endeavor friends to know yourself because that knowledge brings with it not only love but also Hopefully, acceptance because mm-hmm. all of who we are is okay and is loved Um and we have we can't just like hide those bad or not bad we can't hide the weak parts of ourselves and they don't exist they do mm-hmm. and it's okay because everyone has them um, and especially as people of faith we believe and, and strive and struggle to believe that God loves those too um, it's okay we don't have to be have to be overwhelmed by shame of those things it's just just how it is um and practices and disciplines and like combined with that self-knowledge they help us to grow um to recognize those rough places and and smooth them out and maybe we'll never smooth all of them out we're always going to have our moments uh i was talking to a friend earlier and like wayne wayne said as the time at the time we're recording this, it's we're prepping for Holy Week, we're prepping for Easter Sunday. And uh, she said, you know, getting through Holy Week brings out the toddler in me too. like, I just melt down at least <laughs> once or twice a week. Um, and I think there's something beautiful about that, because as adults, I think we've lost the art of the meltdown, maybe in a constructive and resourceful way. Not that our toddlers do it in constructive ways either, but nothing stops them from just losing it. And sometimes we just need to be okay with that. Like be okay with it, we don't have it all together. We've lost it or we're gonna lose it. Um, and we're still here. We're still loved. The, you know, the sky is still blue even if we can't see it. And the sun's gonna rise and set. Um, At least for one more day. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we've taken a windy road here, but What other disciplines do you have that are really important to you?
1: Um, One that, I mean, I don't know, people categorize what spiritual discipline is or isn't in different Mm -hmm. ways. But for me, I consider uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to as a spiritual discipline because I learn and grow and I'm challenged so much in my understanding of who God is through a lot of those podcasts Mm -hmm. and again it works for my brain Mm -hmm. because I can do it while I'm driving or while I'm engaged in something else um and so yeah just being able to listen to podcasts especially now that I have a little more of a drive to and from the church than just like two minutes (laughs) um I can digest those more but that's just another way of when we think about spiritual disciplines, right. I mean, I think some of the things just feed us differently, like Mm -hmm. the songs and meditation I attach with a lot of, you know, emotionally, that's how I experience God. And I think podcasts are a way that I really intellectually like engage with um, God and grow spiritually. And so I think also looking at what practices you're doing and like, the different ways in which they engage you as a person, whether it's, does this engage me emotionally, spiritually, like emotionally, intellectually, does it use my body? Like, mm-hmm. am I connecting with God in, through my senses? And so just thinking about all of those different things too when you're picking out and looking at different disciplines uh, can be neat.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought that up because I hadn't like... Formerly thought about like, yeah, this is what I do. Like that connects my head and this is connects my heart and my my body. Um, because I love just being outside and going on walks Mm -hmm. and there's nothing particularly religious (laughs) or spiritual about that. Um, but that engages my body and I just like when I'm outside, especially when it's, it's warm and, um, not crazy windy, it's so easy to see, um, God all around me and just, and connect with nature, um, I love walking out in morning grass, uh, preferably when it's warm with my shoes off and just like letting my feet touch the ground um, which sounds like such a silly, simple thing. but how, when was the last time you did that and granted, I know for the Indiana people, it's been winter, of course we're not doing that um, but when it gets warm, like just go let your feet be in the grass. it's so I don't know, it's so nice and so simple um. And there's also that tug, I think, between like we do disciplines or we have disciplines or practices, but the goal is to try and help us be, not to do and achieve something. Um, And I've always kind of wrestled with that because I like to be moving or doing and creating. And that's kind of like anti-Sabbath. But like Aaron loves mowing the grass. That's a way that he just like convenes with God. <laughs> He's pushing the lawnmower and like off somewhere in his head. And I love um, something I've, I've always loved journaling and writing, but recently I, and I think I shared on here before, but recently I stumbled into art journaling, which combines um, really fun, creative elements, but the words that I love and, and writing and, and all that. And it's engaged me more emotionally than I was prepared for. Like I thought it'd be more of an intellectual thing, but um, I've sat down and given myself like 10 minutes to prep and then maybe 30 minutes to do. And I'll just like put random, like if I would have thought about it, it wouldn't have been what it was. So it's been a really emotional and and fun experience and a new discipline for me um, to bring those two things together. And I don't think we read about that in scripture,
1: <laughs> about <laughs> art
0: journaling, but um, it's been really cool. And I learned about that. So I, I was actually gifted um, this art journal for my birthday. And then there's um, the company that it came through. It's called Let's Make Art. So I encourage you, if you're interested even at all, they have all kinds of different things on there. But um, check them out because they're a really good resource for, for this and just creating in general. Um, yeah, I guess that's... That is one that years and years ago, when I first learned about spiritual disciplines, I never would have thought I'd be doing. So it's been fun.
1: Well, and I am not artistic at all as far as like drawing many of that type of thing. But one of the things that I've grown to appreciate and I like doing more of is connecting with God through created art not mm-hmm. that I am creating it but whether it's a painting or a drawing or honestly even like a video where like scenes are depicted visually mm-hmm. um, those things are really helpful for me just to kind of enter into that space and, and the beauty that's reflected there and seeing like kind of how other people have seen or interpret, you know, a particular part of scripture or what God looks like or what any of those things. Um, so a lot of, yeah, religious art and videos, um, things like that, um, are another way. And it doesn't even have to be religious art, honestly, Mm -hmm. sometimes just art that reflects, you know, the beauty of the world around us or the humanity around us can be really moving spiritually. So, While I am not artistic, I really appreciate those who are in that way, um, and have been trying to engage more spiritually through those mediums. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. You are artistic, but everyone's artistic in a different way, I think. Like, I love painting and, and all that stuff, but Aaron loves to cook, and that's his art. And you create all kinds of things, even if it's not with a paintbrush, um... But yeah, and like you saying that, it reminds me. I've I've always kind of joked that I'm a bad Christian because I don't listen to a lot of Christian music, or I don't exclusively listen to like Christian music. Um, but I love Coldplay, and those songs have helped me spiritually. Um, I love poetry, and there's actually a donut shop. What's still there in Durham? Um, called Monet's Donuts. And on each table, they would have like a little sign and like kind of what's going on, but there were little poems that they would change in and out. And it was like the the kids that would come in would write these poems. And they'd put them on the things. And um, one of them was from Max, age nine. And it was, <laughs> you are wild, you are delicate, you are a thing that is special. Um, or something along those lines. And that just moved me so much And I, I've carried it with me for years since then. Like that wasn't in scripture. That wasn't in my devotional, but that tiny little, um, poem phrase from this little boy has been like huge for my spirit. So, um, you can find, you can find God, you can find whatever that higher power is. You can find connection and meaning all kinds of places. God's not hidden in one place or another. So, um, Keep your eyes open, mm-hmm. I guess. Um Yeah. Is there anything else we need to chat about? <laughs> Discipline wise.
1: Most of my disciplines. I do a lot of devotionals to and I say a lot of because again, I don't know if this is just because I have difficulty focusing on one thing at a time or something, but <laughs> Like, I get multiple, whether it's, like, Henry and Alan, Richard, or mm-hmm. whatever devotions that come on a daily basis. And it's just one of those things where I just kind of pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be from my Bible app or Bible project. But I don't necessarily dedicate myself to the same one every time. It's just, mm-hmm. like, I like having the option to pull from different Sources, I guess, different perspectives, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's okay because I think again sometimes we feel like it has to be like this really regimented, start to finish, find this one thing and lock it in. But no, grab a couple, and maybe read a couple different ones in a day. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I read two different ones, mm-hmm. um, in a day because they're short and a simple way to connect.
0: Right. Well, and we need structure. Everybody thrives with structure and routine, but like that doesn't mean you have to do the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know that in the mornings, for the most part, from 6 to 7, as long as my child stays asleep, like I've got an hour to be, whatever that means. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I'm just sitting. Um, sometimes I'll get to chat with my husband because he's awake and, and conversing at that hour in the morning because I'm more of a morning person. He's not. But, um, yeah, there's there's no limit to things. And, um, I also, I always loved in school cause again, I'm that nerd. And this happened probably more in college and seminary than it did in high school. But there's like this beautiful moment that would always happen for me where it's like my classes would connect and things I was learning what would, would overlap and a voice I didn't think would speak to another would. And those connection points are just so awesome to me. It's like, look, all of this is not separate. It's all connected. Um, but yeah, that's just my little nerd brain loving those moments. So, um, yeah, well, that's kind of our first stab at chatting, whatever. So thank you for listening to our (laughs) initial interpretation of what is the Enneagram? What are disciplines? why are they important? Um, I'm sure it'll come up again in the future and hopefully we might be a little bit more clear if we weren't clear enough today, but, um, some resources for you um, for disciplines that we've talked about and the Enneagram. I jotted down a few. I, I told you guys I use Headspace. I think it's a great app. Um, Pray As You Go is also an app I've been using, and that's completely free. And it mixes, like, scripture reading and meditation and music. So it's they're, – they're no more than 15 minutes every every day, but it's it's been a really – um, awesome thing because you don't have to do anything. You just press play and experience this stuff. So um, that's one I would encourage you to check out. And then in terms of Enneagram stuff, um, I mentioned the Blue Book. The title of that again is the Wisdom of the Enneagram. There's another book um, that it attempts to do the same thing, just in a, in a less, uh, um, in a smaller package.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. That is a very good, um, quick book to kind of jump into the Enneagram. And there's also the um, Enneagram Institute. So you can Google that and find really quick, basic resources for that. Um, some quick tests and stuff. So um, that's to get you started. Uh, and and always there's, you know, you'll find your own roads to this stuff too. But um yeah, we hope that you got something today, at least are curious about something and can, can chase that down for yourself. So what your parting words, Wayne.
1: Just that I hope that hearing some of our ramblings about <laughs> spiritual practices, that you're encouraged to think outside the box, be creative, and just find those unique ways of connecting with God um, that work for you because they're all around us we've just gotta find where we connect and and how we can best again find God in those moments and and also find ourselves through those things so I hope you guys take some chances and and find some new spiritual practices maybe that you you didn't you didn't try before
0: mm-hmm so next time uh, our next episode i will probably not be here for that one because i'm hoping in the next few days to have a baby um and so you will have wayne as your host and maybe someone else maybe just wayne if i'm not here i'll probably be a lot smoother so (laughs) there's that to look forward to um but we're probably gonna have an interview we just don't know who with yet so stay tuned for that fun surprise
1: it's a divine mystery divine mystery (laughs)
0: Yes. As, as is the the birth of this child. So, um, but as always, if you'd like to submit a question, you can find the form on our website under our resource tab. Um, and also if you just want to write or have something to share a question, whatever, um, you can write us at podcast at auburnumc.church. Um, take care everyone and we will look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us today and make sure that you tune in for our next episode. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know. We would love to connect with you and know that you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at First UMC Auburn.
1: We also have a Facebook community that you can join called First UMC Online Community. And there you can connect with the church by participating in chats and discussion posts. You can share your prayers, thoughts, photos of your life, celebrations. Uh, We just want to get to know more about you. And uh, the purpose of this group is to grow in relationship with others, both online and then also with God. Um, Another great resource uh, for you is our website, auburnumc.church, where you can find more info on the ministries of our church, upcoming events, and lots of other fun things.
0: Take care of yourselves, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.